Hey guys, welcome to the Troncast, episode two. Um, I got good feedback on the first episode, so thank you for everyone who listened. Um, and I again apologize for the road noises, but it really can't be helped. It's the only time I really have set aside to record is while I'm driving. So, and of course I drive a particularly loud car. Uh, well, I don't know. It doesn't seem that loud, but it did on the recording. I'll tell you that. So, <clears throat> all right. So today I want to talk about first Reese Pritchard, my player, um, his season 52 and kind of what my career trajectory will look like going forward. Um, then I want to talk about the SMJHL playoffs. Uh, we just completed round one and the first round of games were played uh, this morning, but I have only seen the results from the Anaheim game because it gets posted in our locker room. Um, but I don't, I'll, I won't change any of my predictions uh, based off of that. <clears throat> so I've got predictions for round two, and I've got a recap of the four teams that played in round one. Um, all right, so I'll go ahead and get started. So Reese Pritchard, my player, as I've talked about before, is having a little bit of a down season in season 52. And um, I did finish strongly with two points in my last two games, I think, since I recorded. Um, but the final line is nine goals and 18 assists for a total of 27 points, uh, plus three, plus minus, two points on the power play, 20 minutes in the penalty box, 37 hits, and about a little over 17 and a half minutes on ice per night. Um, to compare that to last season, I had one less goal, uh, four less assists, so five less points. But I was a negative six last season and a plus three this season, so much more defensively responsible. Um, eight less power play points, but that makes sense because I played like only eight minutes on the power play. Um, five less penalty minutes and 12 more hits, uh, but then playing about a minute and a half less on the ice every night, uh, I think due to not having power play minutes anymore. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty happy with the season, I guess, when you think about it. Uh, if you think like I scored more points at even strength than I did in the previous season, so my rookie season got a boost from those 10 power play points, and I didn't really have that in my sophomore season. Although I will say, only played eight minutes on the power play, but got two assists. So if anyone out there is you know, talking to my GM, tell him that I'm very effective on the power play. Just because I'm not a shooter doesn't mean I can't help. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I know that Simon favors shooters and you got to stack your power play with shooters. And we have a lot of active forwards in Anaheim. That's one thing that we're um, very good at is keeping people active. So we have, I think, 12 active forwards uh, is what uh, I was told the other day, which is awesome. I mean, that's three lines or four lines of, uh, of forwards that are active in the Discord, who are updating. Uh, future looks bright in Anaheim even when um, a couple of our veterans move on after this year. So, yeah, excited to see it. Um, <clears throat> I also had the second most minutes on the penalty kill on my team, the most for a winger, um, behind uh, the centerman, Ivan Maximus. Uh, and my only milestone that I got this year, so this was the big disappointment, is I'm falling behind TPE in the rest of my draft class because I'm not picking up these 
uh, milestones or the TPE at the right rate. So I only got one milestone and that was game winning goals. I don't know how I got that, but it seemed like every goal I scored was a game winner or three of my nine. So um, I did pick up that one milestone and thank goodness because that's the only one I got. Um, but as far as where I see my career going next year, uh, I'll be back in juniors and I'll be capped at 425 because I'm already there. Um, so I'll be ready to pick up some of the minutes that will be uh, available for the guys that are getting called up. And uh, I think with the switch to FHM, I will be a more useful uh, offensive player. So I might see time on the power play uh, come back, but I don't know. I mean, we've got a lot of good young talented scoring talent on this uh, Anaheim team. So we will have to see how that works out. But either way, I'm happy with the season as a whole. And um, I'm looking forward to next year already. Well, once, uh, you know, once we win the cup. So on to the playoffs it's for juniors. So round one review. Uh, we had number seven, Kelowna versus number 10, Halifax. Uh, Kelowna had 57 points. Halifax had 41 Halifax was bad this year, and I don't. I think you look around juniors and the stats, and you don't see any. You see Halifax, and you see everyone else. Um, like we'll we'll talk about Anchorage in a second um, because they seem to be underperforming um, their TPE, but they are uh, Halifax is like a gap between them and uh, the next worst team, which had uh, Anchorage had forty eight points. So that was the next worst team. Um, however, um, so Kelowna scores 3.36 goals for and three goals against per game. Uh, and Halifax is down at 3.08, which was not the worst in juniors, but allowing 3.5 goals per game. Um, both teams had a pretty bad power play. Uh, but Halifax was the only one in the league under 18%. So their power play was atrocious. Um, both, both teams were relatively bad on the PK at um, 76%. So worse than league average, but it's about two percentage points worse than league average. Um, they were actually identical on the power on the penalty kill. So they allowed 42 goals on 177 attempts, each of them. So I thought that was an interesting little quirk. Um, in the regular season, these teams split their six matchups three to three, but that includes a one Halifax shootout win. So, actually, even evenly matched in their regular season matchups, but on paper, I think uh, Kelowna looked a lot better uh, in this. Let's see, uh, in the series, so Kelowna won in six. Uh, this included two shutouts in games three and six. Uh, I think the real difference maker was Luca DeValchio, who posted a 9.03 save percentage and uh, 2.33 goals against. So those in the in juniors are great numbers. Uh, I mean, short series, but um, I mean, you can't argue with that kind of performance. So great series by DeValchio. And the Halifax power play and uh, Kelowna penalty kill combo, I don't know who you want to give credit to for this two for 19 that Halifax had. So their bad power play from the regular season came back and bit them. 
They got 19 chances on the power play and only put in two goals. So that's the, I mean, if you want to point to the reasons why Halifax lost this series, uh, I mean, it was one, Del Vacchio in goal was tough to solve, especially for a team that lacks scoring depth. And um, their penalty kill was just awful, two for 19. Uh, So, yeah, so Kelowna's moving on. They will face, uh, scrolling, scrolling, Carolina, that's right. Um, They're going to face Carolina, the number two seed. So I think I have that right. Um, I didn't check the index this morning to see who played who, but I think this seeding is right. So if I'm wrong, I will... uh, I'll put it in the comments, I guess, um, when I post this. But anyway, uh, Newfoundland versus Anchorage. So this was the eight, nine seeds. Newfoundland in the regular season had 53 points. Anchorage had 48. Both teams had negative goal differentials. Um, so um, let's see. Newfoundland was above league average at scoring at 3.26 goals for and but they allowed 3.34 goals per game so that was below league average and uh, they had a negative uh, goal differential there anchorage was at 3.14 goals for and 3.4 goals against so both those metrics a little bit better than halifax Um, but both of them are a step down from newfoundland so advantage coming into the series was Newfoundland in that, in that department. Um, the special teams were very similar, um, each with a power play of about 24% and a penalty kill about 78%. Both of those figures are about league average, uh, slightly better maybe. Um, however, both teams do well at staying out of the box. Anchorage had the second fewest penalty minutes in the league and Newfoundland had the third fewest. So both these teams not going to take a lot of penalties, so wonder if special teams was going to play a factor coming in. Um, Newfoundland won the regular season series, kind of dominating uh, 3-0-2. So three wins, zero losses, and two overtime and shootout losses. Um, so in this series, Newfoundland won in six. Uh, kind of, I, I jotted down the story of the series. And um, one was the inept power plays. So I talked about, um, gosh, shoot, what was that team? Yeah, Halifax. I talked about Halifax's bad power play in their series. This, both these power plays were even worse. So Anchorage was 1 for 18 on the power play, and Newfoundland was 0 for 15. So uh, they did get their chances, and this was a low-scoring series because of that. Uh, 2.5 goals per game for Anchorage and 2.8 for Newfoundland. Um, so both of both of these teams had trouble finding scoring, and you'll wonder how that'll impact their next series against Carolina, who does um, put the puck in the net. So if they want to keep up with Carolina, they're going to have to find scoring. Um, and I also have down this was a goalie battle. Ian Venables was good at a 9.05 save percentage and a 253 goals per game uh, average goals against average and but Steven 
Vassalo was even better at 9.09 and 2.26. So that was fantastic for this series. Again, short series. But, um, I mean, that's if you're looking for a reason why one team won, the, the goaltender performance is definitely something that stands out. Um, so that was round one. And uh, so Newfoundland is going to move on and play Detroit, who was the top overall seed uh, from juniors this season. And uh, bear with me, I gotta change lanes here. Okay. Um, so let's move on to the round two preview. So we have first Detroit, the number one seed versus Newfoundland, the number eight seed. Um, so Detroit, I've been looking at Detroit all year, just saying how, how are they doing this? They, they're basically one line um, at the top. They have uh, McMaster, Labovich, and Kikkonen. And that line produces almost all of their scoring. Um, they're not good in goal. They have a low TPE goal, goaltender. Um, they allow the most goals in the league at, uh, that's not true, second most, uh, at 3.48 goals against average. And they score the most in the league. So lots of high-scoring games, 3.58 goals for. So lots of high-scoring games for Detroit. So I expect that for this series. And if that's the case, it's going to be tough for Newfoundland to keep up because they just don't have the scoring to, to support that. So the, uh, Newfoundland's numbers are 3.26 goals for and 3.34 goals against. Um, like I said, if this turns into a shootout series, uh, there's no way that... There's no way that Newfoundland can, can stay in these games. Um, so they're going to need a big performance out of Fasalo uh, again. But he, he rose to the occasion in the first series. So we could see, could see that happen again. Uh, Detroit has the worst penalty kill in the league at 75%. Um, and just below average power play at 21.8%. So all their scoring, uh, but their power play is just slightly above average. Um, so they do a lot of their damage at even strength. Uh, as noted above, Newfoundland's power play is 23.7 and penalty kill is 77.8. Um, and again, those were just right around league average or just above. Um, Newfoundland has better goaltending and scoring. So this is the key to the series. Newfoundland has better goaltending and scoring. Um, as noted in a previous podcast and earlier in this podcast, I don't have any idea how Detroit is this good. They have tons of rookies getting lots of ice time. Uh, their goalie does not have a lot of TPE. They've just, they've, in my opinion, they've had some luck from Simon, um, and they've been carried by that top line of, um, McMaster, Labovich, and, uh, Kekkonen. So, and those guys are all legit. I mean, they were all up there in, in scoring in the regular season. But that a team needs depth in the playoffs, at least in the NHL. I mean, it, we'll see how it carries Detroit uh, in these playoffs. Um, I also have Newfoundland will have to find a way to stop the juggernaut line of McMaster, Labovich, and Kekkonen. So like like I just said, uh, it's, it's those guys. If you can shut that line down, then... Um, you can have a real a real shot in this series. So my prediction, and I'm trying not to bias this because I've been just questioning Detroit all year, 
but I do think Detroit is going to come back to down to earth in this series. Part of the reason I think that is because the way the simulations take place. Um, well, first of all, I should not just speak out of turn. I don't know if Simon does things like um, streakiness or hot streaks or anything like that. So I don't know if that factored in to Detroit's run, if they just got some luck and then rode it to the best record in the league. Um, but if that is the case, this new simulation is a completely new instance. They load the game up uh, fresh with the teams uh, and their matchups and their schedules. And so that those streaks in my head are gone. Uh, but I don't know for sure that that's how the simulation works. Uh, but I guess I'm banking on that if I'm, I'm picking Detroit to come back down to earth. Um, Vassalo is going to stay hot and Newfoundland is going to pull the upset against the one seed. I have Newfoundland in seven. So this one's going the distance. Um, next game, Carolina and Kelowna. So Carolina had 61 regular season points, second in the league. Kelowna had 57, good for seventh. Uh, Carolina is league average in their scoring metrics. So um, 3.32 goals for, 3.1 goals against, right around league, league average. And I have Kelowna down as slightly better in both categories. 3.36, so barely better in goals for, and 3.0, a little bit better in goals against. Um, Carolina has an average power play, 22.4%, and the league best penalty kill at 79.5%. Uh, Kelowna has a below average power play at 20.9% and a penalty kill at 63.3%, which is also a little below average. Uh, keys to the series. Carolina takes the second most penalties in the league. Uh, Kelowna will have to capitalize on that aggressiveness. Uh, but like I said before, Carolina or Kelowna's penalty kill is 20.9%, which is low. So they're going to have to find a way to score, put together, um, maybe switch up their lines from what they did in the regular season, find a way to score against that because that's a weakness they could exploit, exploit if Carolina is going to be in the box uh, a ton in this series. Kelowna has the better goaltender in Del Vacchio. Uh, I think this is big in Simon, um, but you know, I'm still learning it, so and it, it works switching to FHM, so it's not going to matter uh, for beyond these last couple series. Um, but Kelowna does have the better goaltender in Del Vacchio. Um, he'll need to stay hot, and I think that uh, that would help Kelowna pull the upset. Now, my prediction, I do think Kelowna stays hot and pulls the upset, so this is the second upset pick. Um, the big upset pick, right? Because I have the top two seeds going down. But again, this was uh, this was a year in FHM or in um, SMJHL where the t there wasn't a ton of separation from first to last uh, outside of Halifax. This is, the the standings were pretty close, so I don't think it's crazy to have the top two seeds fall because um, they weren't really the top two seeds, you know, until the last sim. It, just the way things were moving, so. I, uh, I do think that Carolina is going to fall, and I think part of the reason is they seem to be a little bit overperforming uh, their TPE. They don't really do anything particularly well. Um, they're just kind of fine. Um, I think that Kelowna has the better of the, the matchups in this one. Um, yeah. So let's get into Colorado and St. Louis. So this is the third seed and the sixth seed. Colorado has trouble scoring. Uh, second worst 
for the league at 2.96 goals per game. Uh, they're also the second best goals against at 2.98. Um, St. Louis, I said in my last podcast, I don't think I gave them even enough credit. I think they've got some great talent. They're a well-rounded team. You look across um, their line, uh, their, their end-of-season stats, and they're pretty much at league average or above league average in every category. They don't really have any weaknesses, which I think is great uh, for a short series because there's not a lot that can be exploited by your opponent. Um, so their numbers were 3.32, so they were tied for third in goals for, so that was a strength of theirs. And they were about league average in goals against 3.14. Colorado's power play is bad. It's almost as bad as Halifax. Well, that, that's crazy. So it's almost two percentage points worse, better than Halifax, but it's still the only other power play less than 19%. So they were at 18.9%, second worst power play in the league. Uh, above average penalty kill at 78.9%. St. Louis is average in both metrics. 22.6% was like dead on league average and 78% on the penalty kill. Um, keys to the series. St. Louis has the edge in net with a capped goalie. Colorado will need to suddenly find a way to score against a goalie who is capped. So I do think this is something where St. Louis has an edge and um, it could be big because you know this is a team that is on top of the standings despite you know relying on low scoring games because they're not putting the puck in the net a lot. And um, so if St. Louis can buckle down in net and um, not allow a ton of goals, which, like I said, they're league average at. I think that they've got a shot here. Um, St. Louis takes the most penalties in the league, uh, but I think that, so that is something that leads towards Colorado, except I just said Colorado's power play is terrible. So I think that that is the one place where Colorado could have an edge in this series, and they, they're going to blow it because their power play isn't good enough, unless they... Uh, change things around and, and mix their lines up but um, so that uh, I think both of those things lean towards St. Louis now I know I've already picked two upsets but I think the matchups favor St. Louis here I'm going to say St. Louis in six did I give a, a prediction on the last series I know I said Kelowna for the upset but here I'll just say it I have Kelowna in six as well so I had to recap I have um, Detroit losing to Newfoundland in seven. I have Kelowna over Carolina in six. And St. Louis over Colorado in six. So that brings me to the last matchup. And, um, you know, the matchup that I am probably the most biased about, but I will try to remain unbiased for the purposes of this podcast. Um, So Reese's own Anaheim Outlaws versus uh, Vancouver Whalers. So Anaheim's a four seed and Vancouver's a five seed. Uh, Anaheim actually had a negative goal differential uh, this season. So they were the highest seeded team with a negative goal differential. Uh, 3.12 goals for and 3.18 goals against. And Vancouver was the worst in the league at scoring, but the best in the league at suppressing scoring. Uh, So they were 3.12. 9-2 goals for 2.0. I'm sorry, 3 2.92 goals for 2.91 goals against. Uh, Anaheim had a league best power play at 27.9%. So 
that power play was like leaps and bounds against above the next. Like I think it was two percentage points. Um, Anaheim's power play is insane. However, they didn't get a ton of opportunities, so it might be biased up a little just because um, they had fewer opportunities than some of the other teams in the league. Not the fewest, but a little fewer. So trying to trying to temper expectations here. Um, they had the league average penalty kill at seventy eight percent. To to Reese's disappointment, as I said, he's playing the most, the second most minutes on that penalty kill, and it's just league average. Uh, Vancouver is quite the opposite. They had league best penalty kill at 80.1 percent, and a league average power play at 22.4 percent. So those skills really uh, don't mirror each other very well. Uh, keys to the series, I think Vancouver was third in the league in power play minutes. Or, I'm sorry, in penalty minutes. So that could be a real edge for the Outlaws. Uh, if they can't stay out of the box, this power play is lethal. And uh, scoring at 27%, one in, you know, over one in four on the, uh, on the power play, if, if um, Vancouver gets into penalty trouble and they're a little bit too aggressive, you know, that could really hurt them against this, this uh, unit. Um, this is going to be the battle of the cap goalies, and it may come down to which of them Simon gives credit to, which of them gets hot. Uh, so it'll be Goodman versus Chamberlain, and both of them are capped. And, and you know what? As I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm just remembering. So I, when I looked at the TPE last night, um, I go to the roster page and the TPE shows as the total TPE, including banked. So I have to do a little bit of mental, uh, I have to qualify that. I have to say, well, are they a first season or a second season? And now that I'm thinking about it, Strom is a first season, like a second season um, juniors player. So he's capped at 350. And I think Goodman might be older. So he might be capped at 325. So that actually um, <clears throat> actually changes one of my keys of the game because uh, that's a big difference, having a second-season cap and a first-season cap uh, goaltender facing each other. But irregardless, it will come down to uh, which goaltender can get hot. Uh, here's my prediction. So I'm hoping this isn't my Anaheim bias speaking, but I do like the Outlaws' chances in this one, especially if um, we can get on the power play a lot. So I think the the edge is in scoring and on the power play. Um, and I think that this was a team that Anaheim matched up with one of the better teams that Anaheim matched up with coming into the playoffs. So I think this is a good scenario uh, for the Outlaws. Uh, you know, we were hoping to finish first in the league, obviously, but I mean, um, facing the team that is inept at scoring, I think is a is always a great thing. So um, anyway, I do think that the Outlaws can pull this out. I have Anaheim in five now. That being said, I did see the results this morning, and uh, Anaheim did not win the opener. Uh, Vancouver did. So this is already not looking like a great predi prediction, but I don't know. Anaheim could roll, roll off the next four wins. So I'm not changing anything because I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to change my predictions. I was going through the notes last night um, and jotting all this stuff down, and I want to be... Uh, be honest here at what my predictions were and not let me biased by the results, but even though they just roll in so fast, like 
you can't get the notes done and a podcast recorded before they start simming the games. So um, anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, I appreciate it. And let me know in the comments if there's anything I can do differently. Uh, what I'll probably start doing in the future is asking for questions, which I know a lot of people do, um, or topics. Uh, I may not record every week, but there's a lot going on in juniors right now with uh, the playoffs and the switch to FHM. So I think there's a good amount of content where I can probably churn out one of these a week uh, or maybe every other week for uh, a couple of weeks until maybe the season starts and then things get a little bit more boring while we, while we sim out 50 games. But <clears throat> anyway, thank you for listening uh, to the Troncast episode two. Um, we'll have this up on the site hopefully before the next round of games get sim so you guys can listen to it and see let me know what you think all right thanks